0: now I'm in the red okay
1: <laughs> one two three toast toast
0: that worked actually I smacked on the toast so uh, <laughs> there we go Okay. So, hi I'm Trevor I'm Kyle and today Trevor will be catching up on cinema uh, this week we did 2015's Krampus um, this is explicitly a horror comedy uh, I think well, we've touched on horror comedies in the past but I can't think of a a more appropriate horror comedy uh, for Christmas time than Krampus, yeah. Um, I mean, there aren't that many to pick from. I mean, Gremlins
1: no. is the number one, and number I drew one. a lot of parallels between these two movies. But I feel like this one like has a chance of maybe like carving out a niche for itself, like as a as a holiday tradition for some families.
0: It was so close to being an awesome movie, in my opinion. Like there was just it was just right there. Um, it's it's a fun movie, but it's just not quite a great movie. Um, so. Go ahead. Oh, I was
1: just going to say, I agree. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, so do you want to go ahead and mention who directed this? I know that you uh, are very much interested in this director. Uh, yeah. Um,
1: so in the opening credits for this movie, and uh, the credit sequence for this film do need to be talked about. Yes. Uh, we'll get to that. But I, I happen to notice a uh, Michael Doherty. Uh, his name is all over the opening credits of this film. Uh, clearly he was involved in many facets of the production. Um I did a little bit of research on him. Uh, he's primarily a writer, uh, much like the fellow who did The Dark Backward. <laughs> um, however, I think this guy's quite a bit more talented. Um, uh, the reason why I'm interested in him now is that uh, preceding this film, he did a, a film called Trick or Treat, Trick R Treat. Um, mm-hmm. It was from the early two thousands. Um, maybe you've seen the cover of it. it has like
0: a little. Uh, it looks like one of the little Big Planet people. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, like a little Bag Man. It looks like a, uh, with kid a knife. With, is it a kid with just a bag on his head? Yeah, kind of um, like a, a miniature. It's an stranger? anthology film,
1: and uh, I've heard nothing but good things about it. And yet, for some reason, I haven't watched it. Mm. Um, a sequel has been in the works for. Almost two decades now, mm-hmm. but uh, the reason why I'm personally excited about this guy is that he was tapped to direct uh, the upcoming Godzilla: King of the Monsters. Mm. And uh, as you may have noticed in previous episodes, I'm a pretty big Godzilla fan, and uh, this film, from a, a technical standpoint especially, impressed me in some ways. Um, and he did see, and his background as a writer makes me think that he he would be good for lending some dramatic weight and some character to any projects that he comes to. Um, Not that I'm expecting that or needing that from a Godzilla movie. (laughs) No. But as you had mentioned, this film, I don't think this is a great film, but it was good enough that I'm not concerned. Like, I think he can handle Godzilla just fine.
0: Well, uh, your brother and I are very excited about the new Godzilla movie. You, on the other hand, are not really excited at all. Um, (laughs) I, I... the trailers just—I just don't know what to make of them just yet. I think that they're—I think they're doing a good job of promoting it so far. Um, well, let me let me just give the rundown of the Krampus. So, real quick, um, uh, Krampus—if you haven't looked it up by now, I'm, I'm assuming you have—it's um, from Central European folklore. I'm taking this straight from Wikipedia, and I quote: uh, "Krampus is a horned anthropomorphic figure described as half goat, half demon, who during the Christmas season punishes children who have misbehaved." In contrast with Saint Nicholas or um, uh, Chris Kringle, uh, is actually the the German Santa Claus. Yeah. Um, so in this movie, uh, we have a little uh, a little kid, little Goody Two Shoes, who's kind of upset that his family aren't getting along, and he writes a letter to Santa, and just about to send it off to Santa, uh, he tears it up, and this somehow summons the Krampus, and uh, he wreaks havoc. His he and his little minions wreak havoc on the family, and um, hilarity ensues. <laughs> Merry mishaps. <laughs> uh, so, this has um, Tony Collette, which this is uh, this is cool because Tony Collette's in Krampus, which is a mediocre horror film, and then she goes on to do Hereditary, which is a phenomenal thriller slash horror film. <laughs> um, Adam Scott, who's not funny in this, even though he's an extremely funny guy. Uh, and then david Keckner who is really funny um there's a there's another um she's mostly at, I think TV she was on two and a half men she's the aunt uh she's pretty funny in this I can't think of her name yeah, right now. yeah um, the heavy set woman she plays the maid on two and a half men mm-hmm. and i the rest of it are it's kids and then uh, that nobody else really important um. <laughs> a bunch of kids who who look like somebodies but but you but yeah, know yeah, I don't yeah, think don't they ever that. became anyway <laughs> uh, so yeah so the, the opening title sequence we start on a Black Friday fiasco
1: uh, yeah that's what I got from it um, So it's all filmed in slow motion um, glorious slow motion I love the uh, the first shot of the film it's like a, a tilt down from the the storefront like the entrance like as soon as the doors open and like it's just a tidal wave of human beings moving mm-hmm. in slow motion just trampling all the employees in a I took note of the name of the store.
0: Uh, it's called Mucho Mart. Mucho Mart. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, shop smart. S smart. <laughs> you know, like. I check. I check. Always check the uh, the news the day after Black Friday. And uh, this this um, I checked it on on Saturday, and I the Times said that there was not as much Black Friday madness as there's been in recent years. Like I think like the peak of it was probably last year. They're saying that it wasn't that big of a deal this year. Um, maybe more stores are like, you know, we're not dealing with this mess. Or maybe culturally we're just not approving of it as much anymore. But um, Well,
1: Amazon has been you know, kicking yeah. ass every year. But um, I know in the past couple of years, Walmart has joined the fray. Uh, mm. They're really pushing the, the home delivery end of the business. That's smart of them um, to do that. <laughs> so I'm guessing a lot more online orders are going through rather than, you know, door buster sales.
0: I wanted it to be cultural, but I think you're right. It just is. People yeah, we're, are buying. I'm it sorry, off the Kyle. We're not quite at a <laughs> at
1: Star Trek utopian world just yet, where everybody's provided for and, and you know material <laughs> things are not needed. Yeah, um, that's that's not happening. We're not there yet, but uh, it's funny. This whole sequence um, brought to mind like one of my favorite and maybe only memories of Mad Magazine. <laughs> um, there's this gorgeous like Norman Rockwell esque uh, painting it was just a single it was like a far side comic it was a Mm -hmm. single panel comic basically but it was gorgeous it was full color it was hand painted it's like an oil painting and it's just a single image of two cars like parked at 45 degree angles facing each other and there's a guy laying on his back in a parking lot with snow on the ground with a hole in his chest and like blood pouring out and there's this dad standing over him with his wife like yanking at his arm and he has a gun pointed at him and he just looks furious and the caption at the bottom is the last parking space at the mall and i was like that is just brilliant yeah um i should blow up that image and like put it up in my apartment because it was perfect like i'm not doing it justice explaining it but this whole montage Oh yeah! By the way, set to uh, uh, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Was this Bing
0: Crosby singing? Is this the Bing
1: Crosby? Is I don't know it if it's Bing, but it's it has that wholesome, you know, holiday feel to it, and the the just the the images and the and the sound go together very well. It creates some very like pitch black comedy because mm. the chaos that unfolds in this store is brutal. Yeah,
0: um, yeah, and this uh, this introduces us. Uh, we see um. A, We go through this montage, then we get to, um, it looks like a Christmas play, um, is happening, but I think this is, like, going up to see Santa, maybe? Is that where the fight is happening?
1: I think they have, yeah, I think they, uh, yeah, they're taking the family, the uh, central family of the story is trying to take, like, a holiday photo at Santa, Mm. like, so, like, the young kid on Santa's lap and the rest of the family standing behind him, and, uh, our our young protagonist, um, I believe the character's name is Max, and this is, this the casting of this kid was just infuriating. Because I know he's a pretty good actor. I think he was the same kid from that Chef movie that you hate. Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, but he, I call him, I call him the uh, the Elliot or the Billy, because like when, if you think back to like eighties like yeah. family sci-fi movies like ET or Gremlins, it was always like a curly-haired like. A brown-haired kid that's just like bright-eyed and bushy-tailed all the time. Think Fred oh, Savage. Basically, he's
0: white American. Yeah, yeah. this is this is this is good stuff. Yeah, but that's, he's
1: like absurdly beautiful for a child. <laughs> and, I want to like, He has the bouncy curly hair. He looks like he looks like he was manufactured in a lab. I want to go. Like mit- Zach Galligan meets Fred Savage meets that fucking
0: kid from et you just oh, yeah. you just want to hit him or something you want to hit him because he's actually the uh piece of shit from gangs in new york um his oh you didn't know that the kid who plays elliot is the um shit heel from gangs in new york his friend that betrays him the the little friend yeah his friend oh, that i thought yeah. that was a fake Wahlberg. no no no, oh wow! There is that guy that looks like a, a Wahlberg in there, but it's the not the not the really short guy, but like his main buddy, the one that figures okay. out that. I was him. about to say,
1: I was like, I think that was a fake Wahlberg. Oh,
0: he gets his, he gets his in the movie. But I wanted to mention, um, as far uh, like child actors go, I just watched the Christmas Chronicles, which is the Kurt Russell Santa Claus movie on Netflix. Mm-hmm. It is really good, by the way. I really enjoyed it. He is awesome in there, like legit funny. I had laughed through most of the movie. But the the little girl who's in the movie, she's I'm guessing it's probably her first movie. Uh, she's great. She does a really good job in that movie. It's a it's a solid it's a solid Christmas movie. Um, no,
1: I mean Kurt Russell can't yeah. go
0: wrong. <laughs> when you see like God damn it they got you to Kurt Russell they got you on Netflix but no 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 it was it was a solid solid movie highly recommend watching that. Um, but yes yeah, so this is how we're introduced to our characters is in the mall. Um, yeah
1: our, our little. Uh our little boy, I think the character's name is Max. It's Max, uh, He yeah. gets into a scuffle with some kid with a very... Sounds like a Polish name or something.
0: <laughs> it's like Kuklinski or something. Um, so they uh, they go back to the house, and uh, there's chopping of the vegetables, and there's kind of like... The, it doesn't seem like the marriage is... It's not in shambles, but you can tell that there's a little bit of tension right now. Adam Scott's kind of focused on work, and... Mom is kind of stressed out. Uh, I guess maybe she's just stressed out about the kid. I'm not really sure what she's, what her problem is yet. We'll, we'll figure out why she's upset. Moving on, but I wanted to mention that uh, they're watching um, a Christmas Carol is playing in the background, and I think it's specifically when he's talking to Jacob Marley. Um, and I don't know. I don't think that that. I don't think that it has is supposed to like speak to the narrative. I think this is supposed to be. A Christmas Carol is scary as shit. The Alister, the Alister Slim, um, uh, a Christmas Carol from 1951 is a scary movie. If you mm. haven't watched it, black and white. It's I've I, we watch it every year with my stepmom because that's what her Scrooge was when she was a kid, was that, and it, it's really scary. And I'm wondering if they put that in there to be like, this is a scary Christmas movie as well
1: could be um there's a lot of repetition and in fact this is like the i mean this is a huge part of the climax of the film is a there's a lot of repetition of this boy max um wanting christmas to be the way it used to be Mm -hmm. um if i remember right the way we're introduced to this family's home so that's tony collette adam scott uh they have a daughter an older daughter that's Mm -hmm. older than max Um, The way we're actually introduced to the family unit is uh, we get this really beautiful, like, pan across the kitchen, and it's just covered in baking supplies, Mm -hmm. like baking utensils and, like, cookie sheets and stuff, and uh, the grandmother is home alone in in their home, in their kitchen, like, baking cookies, Mm -hmm. and if I remember right, she does have It's a Wonderful Life, uh, or no, (laughs) yeah, she has a Christmas movie on the background, And then the family comes home from the mall or whatever and they like blow into the house and it goes from like this very quiet, serene, very Christmassy moment to just like family drama bullshit. Yeah. And they're all, everybody's very noisy, they pay almost no mind to the grandma. And as soon as Adam Scott walks into the kitchen, uh, he very casually without even really thinking changes the channel. Like, he takes the traditional Christmas fare off of the television and mm. changes it to, like, the breaking news. And gotcha. I th- I feel like that ties into that theme of, like, Christmas has changed. Yeah. And it's, things are in flux. Uh, like, the, the marriage is in, in flux. Uh, the boy has recently, The reason why the boy got into a scuffle at the mall is because somebody told him Santa isn't real.
0: Okay, if you're past the age of five and you still think the sand is real, you're an idiot. I'm sorry. <laughs> shut it down. You need to shut it down before grade school, otherwise, you're a loser. I'm sorry. It's
1: not. It's not so much about his him believing it or not. It's more wanting
0: wanting to believe,
1: I guess. Yeah. And and being denied that is painful. Well, this was. Uh, so yeah, I feel like the the family is kind of pushing things away from him, where it's like he's being forced to grow up in a way that's not working for him he's and losing his that, christmas
0: boner and they're taking it away from him uh, yeah like he's yeah. he's trying to keep it um so yeah there does he rip up the letter to no 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 he rips up comes, the letter that comes after later. yeah yeah yeah. so um the grandmother uh, we should mention is german uh Oma. omi omi yeah um he uh she speaks german but she also speaks english we'll learn yeah um, <laughs> She's when it, a, when it matters, yeah. Yeah, we're doing a real Jackie Chan at the beginning of rush hour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, when it's so advantageous to her. <laughs> so yeah. So we get basically the cousin Eddie comes into the picture. yeah. Uh, In my notes, that's exactly how I wrote it. It's a real cousin Eddie situation. Might be. I think it's much worse. Um, uh, Tony Collette's sister, whose name is Linda. Uh, her and her husband and their three ki- four kids uh, three kids one baby show up um, which I think was was that planned were they supposed to show up um
1: I think so but the way they react to it uh, it didn't it didn't feel like it um, mm-hmm. the way Tony Colette answered the door I got the sense that yes she was ready for it I actually really loved her moment um, she's a very type a personality in the movie mm-hmm. and she keeps a very tidy home and um, and she's big on like trendy foods and stuff. Uh, right when the doorbell rings, she's like fixing something up in the living room, and she just like takes a deep breath and says, "It's like it's for it's Christmas. It's Christmas. It's Christmas." Yeah. <laughs> and then she answers the door, and it's this quick cut where she's like,
0: "Hey!" She switches it on. Yeah. <laughs> um. And then we are introduced to David Kechner, his wife. Uh, he's obnoxious as hell. She's just you know, she's just trying to keep it together. She's got a whole mess of family to deal with, the, the wife. Um, two girls that are about the same age, but aren't twins, I don't think.
1: Yeah, actually, it was kind of funny. Um, they're not related, but one of his daughters looked really, really similar to one of Adam Scott's daughter. To Adam Scott's daughter? I was mm, like, the freckles. They, like actual siblings in real life?
0: I don't think they are. But um, The boy who doesn't say a word, this little yeah. fat piece of shit. Oh, by the <laughs> way, these kids are husky. These are Fat American. They explicitly say that these are like these are fat American kids because the the one kid's got like Mountain Dew and like beef jerky in his backpack as he walks by. Like they're they're saying that these kids aren't supposed to be this fat. They these parents are just letting them be fat. This kid is d- is drinking so much sugar that he is like he is dumb. Like he can't talk. He just stands there with his mouth open and just. <laughs>
1: no, yeah. There's a great moment when they first come through the door where Max is trying to be a good host. And uh, the fat I called him Fat Mute Kid. Yeah. Um, He's just staring face-to-face with Fat Mute Kid, and he keeps asking him questions about, like, his Christmas plans and, like, how he's been. And the Fat Mute Kid just stares at him and doesn't say a fucking word. Doesn't say a word. Um, But, yeah, Fat Mute Kid has a a two-liter of Mountain Dew at the kitchen, like, at the dinner table. Ugh.
0: Um, Yeah. This is, um, I, I, uh... I said that the dinner scene is legit tense. I remember watching it, and it, it's a tense, tense little back and forth. Um, I said that Kechner's family are hardcore American. Uh, they're fat, rude, racist, dumb, and making America great again. <laughs> <laughs> well said, sir.
1: <laughs> um, there's a fun theme with, uh, with his family that he has two, two husky daughters of, Very, of the same age, it looks. Yeah. Um, then the fat mute kid and then a baby that they left in the car when they first came in, mm-hmm. they forgot about it. Um, the two daughters, uh, someone says at some point that uh, he wished he had boys He wished they were boys. And, oh, uh, that's when he reads the letter. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, they're they're both like on the school wrestling team, and yeah. you can tell like just from their appearance and the way they're dressed that they're being kind of pushed to to grow up masculine. I guess. Yeah. And a uh, fat mute kid. There's an off offline of dialogue where he mentions that he's he's basically fattening him up with the expectation that he'll play football. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that's exactly
0: what he said. That's I thought that was pretty funny.
1: Uh. Um, there's a really, really good line in here and I think there's a lot of good acting moments in this movie. Mm-hmm. A lot of good writing moments. And I think that that comes from the director being a, a writer. Um, I was really impressed with just this one line when uh, David Koechner first comes into the house. And so this is after like all the circus of everybody you know greeting everyone and, and filing into the house um he's like standing awkwardly close to tony collette like making room for someone else coming in behind him and he just says very quietly let's make some memories huh and like <laughs> but he says it in like a stern way where you yeah. can tell that he's not happy either he doesn't but want he's to do like it. come on let's let's make the most of it we're stuck together for the next three days or whatever so yeah it's it's, it's it's true to life. I, I'm sure you've had family moments just like this. That dinner oh, yeah. scene was a little too real at times, like you said, it's genuinely tense. Well, they
0: have a, well, this is like two odes to vacation movies. Uh, <laughs> you have the cousin Eddie's coming in from Christmas vacation, but also they brought Aunt Edna um, from vaca- the first vacation. they brought um, Aunt Dorothy, who's played by I found it um, oh Conchata Farrell.
1: Uh, yeah yeah i remember because at the end of the movie we get a credits with faces associated with the names
0: mm-hmm. um and i guess she's just a just a huge downer uh she's real boozy uh, she's pretty funny she just she's one of those people that just says what's on her mind she has no filter and i'm sure that has not gotten better with age uh i assume if you're uh pretty much no filter your whole life it doesn't get any better the older you get well, and she's
1: not shy about saying she doesn't like kids has never wanted kids and it I mean this is skipping ahead quite a bit but it it's mentioned that uh, it's made known that uh, Tony Collette and her sis, her sister's mother is gone she's dead yeah uh, so the aunt I'm guessing is like maybe not the best reminder of, of someone that they loved
0: yeah um, they end up uh, so Max has a letter to Santa that he's, he was gonna send and um, he was a bit hesitant before but I think he was gonna finish it and send it off but his uh, dirtbag cousin grabs a hold of it and reads it in front of the whole family um, which is super embarrassing and pretty rude um, he should have taken a jab at them well he, he mentions that I wish my family would get better and he's like also I hope that things get better with my aunt and uncle which who? What fucking kid gives a shit about his aunt and uncle? Well, the
1: that? way he phrases it is what's hurtful for everyone in the room. Is like he, it's not explicitly said like monetarily, but he said, "I wish things were easier for my aunt yes, and uncle." Yes. So it's like kind of in a roundabout way saying like they're poor or like they're not doing as well as my family. So it's kind of like looking down on them, I guess. But yeah, um, the reading of that letter
0: is pretty brutal because it's it's very pure. It's it's very heartfelt, but it's like sad as fuck <laughs> yeah it's it's, it's sad and he's embarrassed and he bolts off to his room and i hate you all blah 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 man. run up the stairs well yeah, you're all a bunch of jerks uh i don't want any family <laughs> yeah. um anyway so he gets up there and he has a little one-on-one with adam scott adam scott kind of is like dude this sucks i'm not happy about this either he doesn't explicitly say it but he's just like i know this sucks we just gotta fucking deal with it yeah um, uh, the quote i actually wrote
1: down that i liked was a. Uh, Family or people you try to be friends with, even if you don't have a lot in common with them. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's pretty true. That's but pretty Adam good. Scott is a great ass dad in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> he is
0: great, and he's he's totally holding it together at the dinner table too. Like he does a, a really good job. He of being get he neutral. gets
1: slapped in the dick, and he doesn't he doesn't react badly to it. Um, yeah. Keckner, Keckner is kind
0: of slapping him in the dick the whole time, kind of um, trying to emasculate him. Uh, yeah, yeah. Which is, yeah, that's always good when you try to emasculate uh, family members. That's, yeah, that's the person
1: who's hosting you for the next three days. Fucking um, asshole. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, by the way, during this scene, it's also mentioned that Adam Scott is an Eagle Scout. Uh, which oh, yeah. It's explains weird, away yeah. some of the shit later in the movie. But, oh, yeah, I think it, it's also worth mentioning that uh, Cousin Eddie, uh, David Keckner, uh, they brought a, what is it? Macaroni and cheese with hot dogs, oh, uh, yeah. casserole Jesus that, that they insist on eating, as opposed to the the feast that Tony Colette made for them.
0: That's super rude. Uh, yeah, I don't remember if you. That's super that. rude. <laughs> super rude. Don't do that. Um, I mean, you can I get bring it if you dish, have
1: dietary restrictions, like if you don't eat pig or something, and and you don't eat the pig dish, but. <laughs> you don't bring a giant ass tray of macaroni and cheese and hot dogs and and then eat that instead of the squab or whatever.
0: I think I had you watch the goods, uh, Don, the Don Ready. You uh, did, yeah. Uh, which I thought was a funny movie. You weren't a big fan of, but do you remember when he goes to dinner with uh, James Brolin's family and? He's like, I'm actually one of those rare breeds that prefers takeout to a home meal, home cooked mm. meal. He pulls out Arby's. <laughs> this is downright rude, yeah. man. This is along those lines. If somebody's made you a dinner and you bring your own garbage food, like you know what, I don't even want yours. I'm just gonna eat my own. I'm like, well, what the fuck are you doing here? Like, yeah, it's like,
1: get the fuck out. <laughs> Jesus.
0: And I mean, uh, yeah. she made what? She made what? Creme brulee. She does make creme brulee. She yeah. made fucking creme brulee. For yeah. these people. She pulled out the torch and made. Yeah, she did the roulette. mini That's... torch and everything. You ask for seconds, motherfucker. For fuck's sake. Um, oh, yeah, fun yeah, so... Easter
1: egg in the, in uh, Max's room. I saw a gypsy danger figurine. I don't know Pacific Rim. It's oh, the, it's oh, the oh, hero oh.
0: robot. Uh, this is a legendary production, so that nobody got sued. <laughs> oh, so yeah so max he's about to send his letter and he's like fuck it and he just rips up his letter he's just so mad and he tosses and, it out the window and immediately it starts to snow um because he, he throws it out the window no I, I don't know about i think that the krampus was just used in german folklore um to scare children into being good um
1: that's what i would think because i mean a, a demon fucking showing up every time people aren't in the, the Christmas, Christmas spirit? Christmas spirit, yeah. That'd be a lot of dead fucking
0: people. <laughs> which, by the way, is the whole premise of the Christmas Chronicles. That whole movie is just to get somebody in the Christmas spirit, which is...
1: I mean, if Kurt Russell yeah. rolls up and, you know, has his swagger in swagger Santa Claus, you know, I, I'll get into the swing of things. Oh, Shit.
0: there's <laughs> a full scene of him singing the blues, the Christmas blues with sunglasses on. Damn. It's, it's a it's a noteworthy performance. I really enjoyed it. It's a lot. It was a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, now we're kind of grab assing a little bit. Um, and then someone mentions, um, "Why don't you make some hot chocolate? Hot chocolate makes everything better." Yeah, Omi. Yeah, and oh yeah, uh, she makes hot chocolate at one point. Yeah, uh, I think this, this is when the power a giant is out. Blizzard has rolled yeah.
1: into town uh, as uh, a result of our our Max tossing his letter to the heavens. So yeah, and so it's knocked out all the
0: power. So there's a letter rip, knocked out all the power, and now there's a snowman in the yard, which is super creepy. Um, oh,
1: yeah. it's it, it looks like something out of Calvin and Hobbes, the... The killer yeah.
0: deranged uh, snow goons. It's, it's a little creepy. Uh, but I was going to say, um, those kids are going to lose a foot if they have any more sugar. I'm telling you. Like, they don't need any more hot well,
1: chocolate. Well, uh, Adam Scott's daughter even, like, greets them at the door Ugh. with men- uh, She makes some
0: crack about diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's fit. She, she, she's a fit, like, 15-year-old girl, and these two porkers weigh, like... Each one weighs twice as much as her. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so she... So the power's out, a uh, blizzard's rolling through. They got a fire going, and there, there's just no power. So the girl's like, "Hey, let me." She wants to go smoke weed with her boyfriend, and yeah. he's like, "I got power over here." And she's like, "Hey, let me walk over to his, uh, to his place. He's got power. Let's see if we can figure something out." And of course, Tony Collette's like, "I don't think that's a good idea." And <laughs> as and Adam Scott in true dad fashion is like, eh, it should be fine." <laughs> Good job, right. Dad. <laughs> he's like, honestly, I think he's like, let's just get one less person out of here, and she's going to start getting crabby in a minute, so let's just get her out. Uh, <laughs> he's looking ahead. He's Yeah, he's I mean, thinking he got, about he's this. He's got
1: three days to work with here. He's playing the long game.
0: <laughs> yeah, and he's like, who knows? She might just stay over there for the next couple of days. It would be the worst <laughs> thing. Um, figure. <laughs> uh, so she's walking over to her boyfriend's house, and... The Krampus appears. And this... This reminded me of the Frighteners a little bit. I don't, I don't know I about you. I could see
1: you. that. The the Wraith. Yeah. The
0: the cloak and everything. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, we actually mm-hmm. don't see the Krampus until the last, what, 15 minutes of the 15 movie? 15 minutes, about, yeah. So we're just getting kind of the outline, the silhouette of him, and he's kind of... He bounces from, like, house to house, and it freaks out. Oh, I'm sorry. We failed to mention. Um, There's a delivery to the... After he rips up yes. the... Uh, there's up the delivery. The paper there's a delivery of presents and uh I think there's an off comment just like in between between David Koechner and um, his wife uh, at one point where she's like must be democrats or something. I don't think it's this yeah, scene. Um
1: so what happens is like a, a DHL guy shows up, the the yellow and red delivery guy. Um, Clark he, like, w. delivers Grisland. a small package and then there's like a gigantic like it looks like a stereotypical Santa's sack. Yeah. Sitting sitting on the porch that he doesn't know anything about. And uh, Tony Collette's sister answers the door and she gets Keckner to help him bring in the bag. Um, the DHL guy mentions, oh, it must have been one of the guys in Brown or something. Mm-hmm. As in UPS. Yeah, UPS. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, Kechner, like says "Like it must be nice to get so much free stuff. Mm-hmm. And she says,
0: yeah, she follows it up with like, oh, it must be like a Democrat thing or something. It must be a Democrat thing. <laughs> like oh. Kickbacks and freebies. So she is out and about and I think yeah, that's the where the daughter... First... so the the snow the um the DHL guy gets it. Like he gets killed in his He uh, gets band. froze to death. Yeah. Um
1: he Um so it needs to be said this blizzard is storm of the century kind of mm-hmm. shit. This yeah. is apocalyptic blizzard. Like yeah, this, this is, is not no friendly true. blizzard. This is go outside, you die.
0: Yeah, this and, is not good. And um
1: Adam Scott's daughter is like walking in the middle of the
0: street in this and it's like I, tur- I would turn back even without a Krampus chasing me <laughs> yeah it was i I honestly like between hanging out with my sh- like piece of shit relatives I don't want to or go get stoned with my uh, girlfriend uh i'm gonna i'm gonna weather that i'm gonna' <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> it's worth I'm it t- <laughs> frostbite is worth it yeah i'm I'm, I'm gonna make it da dada bye um so yeah, so she ends up seeing it, sees the Krampus, seeing sees the Krampus, freaks out, and she's hiding from it underneath the van. Uh, and I have to give this movie props. I'm like, you're killing, you're killing the uh, the young girl like pretty pretty quick. It's off screen, we don't see what happens, but yeah, uh, it needs to be said. Dies.
1: This is largely a bloodless film. Oh yes, very much. Um, there is there is a body count, but it's mostly off screen. Um, and there's no real gore or anything mm-hmm. uh, but it does have an intensity level that it does it does get up there sometimes mm-hmm. but yeah I, I always respect when bad things happen to kids in horror movies yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's I think that's necessary um, yeah. it's very good at setting the stakes in fact I was really applauding this reveal of the Krampus, because he he gets into the action very early uh, we see him head to toe but no face no no detail basically. But he is on screen, like, from head to toe. Uh, He's chasing her from a distance. Like, he's Mm -hmm. jumping from rooftop to rooftop in the background as she's running in the street. And we can see that he's agile. We can see that he has a big cloak of some sort that looks kind of like a Santa suit. Like, it has that white and, like, maroon kind of coloring to it. Mm -hmm. And I really love the the sound um, uh, that he makes. Yes. He he sounds like chains and jingle bells. (laughs) Yeah, and, and he sounds heavy. Yeah, like he sounds, he sounds very big, heavy. and later we do see that he's quite large. But I love the the chain sound effects because mm. it's very intimidating, and it's
0: because um, they're they're heavy chains. Like you can tell the difference between a heavy ch- heavier chain and a lighter chain. Yeah, think, but, but it, it also has that like those. jingle bell sound to it along yeah. with it. That it, it's in the spirit of things, but it's eerie, and well, it it's a good signal that it's like oh shit, it's the Krampus. Well, I think by having Adam Scott, David Koechner, and Conchata, Conchata yeah, Farrell, Farrell, um, you're saying that this is a comedy because those three people are very, very funny. Yeah, uh, they're but quick. When you, they're funny. B- but when you kill the the teenage daughter first thing, you're like, but this is also a horror. So this is a legit horror comedy. Yeah, <laughs> it's like they, you know we're we're. Willing to take the kids off the table
1: Mm -hmm. at the beginning? Oh, they do. It's actually, we work through the kids, so... In fact, pretty much all the worst things that happen to people in this movie happen to the kids. Well, that's the point, too. Well, yeah. I mean, Krampus is something probably engineered to scare young people.
0: Yeah. Um... So the daughter dies, and um, we get more snowmen out there, and the kid is actually like, Mom, there's snowmen out there. And she's like, hey, who gives a fuck? Um, somebody probably built them. <laughs> I'm like, uh, That's no, nice, no, Max. no. That's some scary shit. If I woke up in the morning and there was a snowman that I didn't build in my front yard, I like that'd be creepy. If I woke up the next day and there were more snowmen out there, I'm like, there's some strangers shit going on. They're like <laughs> stalking <laughs> us and freaking, freaking like- us out like what 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 day is the purge this year?
1: <laughs> so purge. It's like oh shit, I forgot. <laughs> they pushed it back this year.
0: <laughs> so um Koechner and Adam Scott, this is where they're like, well we have to go find her and maybe we'll we'll get over to her, or we'll go to her boyfriend's pick her up and see if we can't figure something out. Um, and this is they they kind of bond here. Um, they Yeah, yeah. They they're like, you know what they kind of mentioned like, yeah, we this kind of sucks, but what we're gonna we're gonna deal with this but they they get to the dhl van oh Keckner very much is uh, all about the second amendment uh he's got uh, does he have like a few guns in his car or he drives a hummer oh god well with and, those porkers uh, you need a hummer at least
1: a shotgun and at least a 357 or a 44 magnum it's a very large revolver <laughs>
0: yeah he's he's got guns um, Yeah, he's got guns in the trunk so this, this is kind of funny they're, they're getting up to the DHL van and um, you notice one the keys are still in the ignition put a pin in that um, <laughs> uh, Adam Scott notices that the driver died the driver's no longer there and Keckner said well, something, he must have flown right out and, uh, and Adam Scott's like actually he was pulled out because the the window's going the other way and they look around and they see that there are hooves like goat, goat, goat
1: hooves oh pins. that's in the house in the house. They find the
0: hooves in the house. In the house? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, um, somebody. The point even, is, they find hooves. They find yeah. tracks. And uh, somebody asked, what kind of goat walks on its hind legs? Yeah. And I immediately, I don't know if you saw the movie, but Dinner for Schmucks. Have you seen that? Yes, I have. Do you remember when <laughs> the Kieran New Zealand guy. <laughs> and, like, The one girl's like, sitting there crying, and he just comes up. He's like, sinks <laughs> in with the goat legs. Yeah, his uh, satyr outfit. Jermaine Clement. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I
1: remember that. I didn't yep. particularly like that movie, but it oh, had no. its
0: moments for sure. He he, I like Steve Carell. I like how he can make you uncomfortable with how he plays roles. Dan in real life is actually he's really good in that. Um, and, I
1: I saw that. Yeah,
0: that was pretty good. Uh, um, but yeah, Jemaine Clement in that movie, he's he just he steals it. He's so funny. Um, uh, I I, you know, the theme song of that movie actually is one of the
1: like most heartwarming melodies you'll ever hear. <laughs> Um, it's it's derived from, like, a Beatles song or something, but it's, like, an original composition to some extent, and I would suggest listening to it. It's, it's gorgeous. It's beautiful. Um, oh. Anyway, so, <laughs> so yeah, yeah um, their investigation brings them into the, the, the stoner boyfriend's house, mm. and as soon as they open the door, it is a frozen hellscape. Like, it is everything is frozen over on the inside and the door was barely cracked The so, Norwegian like I said, camp storm of in the century kind of shit the Norwegian camp and the thing basically no joke <laughs> in fact this whole, this whole scene actually plays out almost identical to that because mm-hmm. it's them surveying the aftermath of something bad that happened good good reference mm-hmm. um, in fact Keckner finds a gingerbread man uh, impaled with a knife on the fridge and he said whoever did this is a demented son of a bitch or something like that <laughs> But yeah, in there, um, it's kind of cool. They they come to the uh, living room of the house and uh, the fireplace, the walls are like bulging outward and like smashed. So it looks like something too big for the chimney came down the chimney. Mm. At least that's what the visuals tell us. These characters clearly don't figure it out until it's too late. But um, and yeah, that's where they find the, uh, the hoof
0: tracks. Um, so they... Pretty much end up back at home. They can't find the daughter. Well, um, uh, something important happens here. Go for it. Um, actually, the the way I wrote the note is a uh, Keckner gets tremored. Oh, I wrote that too. <laughs> Fuck, I forgot about that. Yeah. So I mean, well, that's how the end of the movie. I said snow tremors. That's what basically yeah. happens. Yeah. No, Keckner gets tremored. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so,
1: yeah, some some something or other. I don't think we ever actually see what it is in the entire no. movie. No,
0: we don't. Um well, grabs just have-
1: Kechner from underneath the snow and drags him around. Uh, very reminiscent of Tremors. In fact, this whole movie made me think of Tremors.
0: It's got some Tremor stuff going on.
1: Oh, yeah, a lot of it. Um, uh, he's, like, up to his neck in the snow. Adam Scott uh, grabs hold of him and manages to yank him out. And we get... There are several transitions in this movie where something a very violent or tense happens and then we cut away from it and then mm-hmm. we cut back. Um, this happens where we see Adam Scott pull out the revolver that he was given and fire it and then we cut back to the house. And then they come home and then they show up yeah. home. So it's like, oh, okay, everybody's fine. But so. Kechner's leg gets fucked up here.
0: Yeah, they, they explain what happened. They're like, yeah, the thing happened over there and Grussmutter... Grossmutter, uh, grandma, German grandma, is <laughs> kind of listening, and she's like, "Oh, fuck." Yeah.
1: Yeah, All right. What's up.
0: So she she's basically just like, "Let's uh, let's just let's build a fire. Let's just keep a fire going tonight, you know." Yeah, um, keep the fire hot. Keep the fire hot, but she's not she's not explicitly telling them like, "Hey, we need everybody to be watching that fucking fire yeah. to make sure it stays hot." She's not. It, this is her fault. It's um, like, Omi. Now is not the time to be vague. <laughs> <laughs> You're kind of a dick, you know? Um, yeah. Actually, I looked up how, how to say it in German. I'm like, how do you say in German your grandmother is a dick? Uh, I'm not going ref- to repeat it here, but she's kind of a dick here. So um, they decide, like, for warmth and for safety, like, let's all just crash in the, uh, crash in the living room tonight. And yeah. uh, they got a good fire going, and then we kind of cut to the fire's out.
1: Yeah, uh, during this process, Adam Scott uh, decides that they're all going to board up all the windows because yeah. something's clearly out there. It's very dangerous out there. Um, they've seen at least evidence of several people being dead or captured of some sort. Uh, so yeah, they decide to night of the living dead their home. Um, there's a really good line in here. Again, simple, but very good delivery, where as soon as they come into the house, is uh, like, like, just shouting, like, barking orders and, like, screaming about all, like, horrible shit's out there. We need to get all the guns and, like, go out and kill everything. <laughs> and uh Adam Scott actually, like, gets right up in his face and says, like, Howard, not here, because uh, yeah. the kids are, like, right there. And he actually, like, forces all the kids in the kitchen. But it's it's a good dad moment where it's, like, dad read the room and, and understood. It's, like, I know you're scared, but it's probably not good for them to be scared to
0: (laughs) well Keckner's trying so hard to be the leader he's just the most he's the most afraid and he's just running on his emotions and adam scott is much more the leader and he's very he has his bearings and he's like we need to be we need to think about this because he's a boy scout Uh, yeah and
1: and Keckner even says um after everything's calmed down and they've decided to board everything up like Keckner says um I just want to say sorry for thinking you're a spineless dick all these years. <laughs> so good. <laughs> I was like, that's, you know,
0: thanks, I, know, I guess. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh,
1: it's decided that somebody needs to keep watch. Yeah. Um, uh, Keckner decides to again be the alpha and say, oh, I'll, I'll take first watch. You go be with your family. Mm-hmm. And then we get this awesome transition. This is not the first time that I've seen Keckner get this moment. I've, met, I've probably mentioned this before, but Anchorman 2... He has this laugh that they cut away from. And it's the uh-huh. most beautiful comic timing you've ever seen. Mm. Um, they do that with this, where he like settles in, and you can tell he's like, "I'm on watch," and it's all brightly lit because the fire's going, and he's like looking out into the middle distance, like surveying the snow, and then from the same angle, just hard cut. He's just asleep, and it's a bit <laughs> black. <laughs> it's like that's great. out. <laughs>
0: that happens more than you think. But, yeah, People fall asleep on watch all the time. To keep the fire hot. So, to entice—I mean, this Krampus is smart. So, um, the we are everybody. It's dark in there. Everybody's asleep. And, not a creature uh, was
1: stirring. Not, not, not even, even a
0: mouse. A mouse. Um, so this little hook, a creepy hook, uh, comes down with a little bell on it. Yeah, it comes and down the chimney. Comes down the chimney, and it's got a gingerbread man attached to it, and it just kind of like jingling there and jingling, in the fat kid who hasn't he's gonna have a heart attack if he doesn't eat again soon um <laughs> he looks at it doesn't even like He think he kind of looks around the room for a second and then he just goes straight to it he's like I'm gonna, I'm gonna eat that doesn't notice the hook or anything like that he's like, i'm gonna i'm gonna get that cookie um so fishing for fat kids and boom, he gets he gets taken up and he starts screaming and everybody wakes up and um Tony Collette's character she ends up grabbing hold of his leg trying to keep him down and if I'm not mistaken a gingerbread man comes down and like punches her in the face or just kind of distracts her and I then think they it just punches her yeah. <laughs> and then they just pull the fat kid up and she gets whacked in the head with his shoe and they've claimed uh,
1: yeah it's it's actually a really good chaotic scene there's yeah. a few there's a few of these in this movie and they're all they're all very well executed like the, mm. without showing any like real violence or gore uh the energy level is up like mm-hmm. this is it's not scary but it is like energetic and like it gets your heart pounding um, yeah uh, again reminded me of tremors because it's it's someone being yanked up a small tube <laughs> basically yeah. um but yeah uh there's there's some cool stuff going on here where like during all the chaos uh some embers get kicked onto the christmas tree yes fire uh, Max has to get a fire extinguisher, put it out. Everybody's grabbing everyone's ankles, trying to pull the fat kid down. And if I remember right, yeah, the gingerbread man like punches Tony Collette and uh, Keckner's the last one to try to save the fat kid. Makes sense, being as he's the one who's most emotionally attached to the fat kid. Yeah, that's his, that's his future linebacker or whatever, <laughs> or lineman rather. I'm gonna retire um, on that kid. <laughs> and uh, yeah, the the last thing he sees of the kid is the shoe drop down the chimney and bonk him on the head. And oh. immediately he wants to go outside. He grabs his shotgun, and again his leg is fucked up. Yeah, and he he wants to go outside, and I think uh, this is when we transition to the next day. No, not well, no, no. This is where it's, this is
0: where Grossmutter uh, explains what's happening. I yes, believe. and we get our, our the animation. Did you okay? So yeah, she lights the fire again. Like lets one fat kid down. We have to keep this fire going. <laughs> and this is where she's This is where we learn that she speaks English. So they're like, oh, great, this fucking bitch. Uh, she, she speaks English the whole time, of course. Um, so she explains that... I like this anime. I don't know how you felt about that. I like this animation sequence. I thought it was kind of neat. I really liked it. Um,
1: it's. I think it's actually CG. I don't mm-hmm. think it's actual stop motion. Oh, no, it's, it's too, not stop it's motion. Too, it's too smooth to be actual stop motion. Oh, it's not it stop is motion. But it's intentionally done up to look like stop motion. It is. Which makes sense, because, you know, those Christmas uh, stop motion movies are implanted in everyone's memories so this presentation kind of is reminiscent of it uh i really liked it because a lot of the backgrounds like um a lot of the props look like paper cutouts Mm -hmm. which gives it like a stagey or like a puppet show quality but then like the figures have an almost like tim burton-esque like shape to them like with massive eyes and like muted facial expressions and stuff lots of good use of shadows and lights and it's a good way to tell like a fairy tale type of story yeah Um, basically she tells a story of when she was a child and something similar to this happened although it's it's basically hinted that in germany or wherever it was she grew up times were tough i'm guessing this is maybe post-war or something or maybe at the height of of some bad shit going on over there yeah um point is where she was growing up uh, was a depressed economy of some sort people were probably starving and it was around the holidays and people weren't very cheery and she had emotions very similar to Max's where she was just like I I don't understand why everyone's so awful to each other this is supposed to be a good time of year and uh, basically she retells max's story but in her childhood and we get this animated presentation of krampus showing up and taking her family away from her yeah and then giving her a bell as a reminder that like hey you got everyone you know and love killed or taken away from you
0: yeah have a nice life omi (laughs) See (laughs) um yeah. I, I, again, like I don't know how you summon the Krampus in this case. What does she do to get the Krampus to come? Does it? Does it really say?
1: I can't remember. I can't maybe remember she, she wrote a letter it. just like Max, but maybe it's just the strong emotional feelings, like of of wishing your family away. I guess.
0: Um, yeah. I, I I just it's yeah. Fifty one minutes in. I think is the time timestamp. stamp. Um, yeah. I it's it's really neat to watch. Um, I. I actually don't think it would be cooler if it was stop motion. I feel like this is actually doesn't. It keeps it keeps with the tone a little bit better. I feel like stop or like yeah stop motion would have been a little. It might have messed with the tone a little bit, made it a bit more whimsical.
1: Yeah, I I don't I don't agree or disagree. Uh, yeah. I was just happy with the presentation. What yeah. what they put on there was pretty nice. Um, there's some transitions here that we didn't yeah. mention that. Uh, uh, there's an advent calendar. That uh, marks like chapters in the story. Oh um, yes. The first instance of it is when Max throws the letter out the window. Uh, we get twenty-three, as in December twenty-third, mm-hmm. and uh, after uh, Omi's story, uh, marks twenty-four. So we're at we're at Christmas Eve. Yes. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, I miss uh, Farrell, Conchata Farrell, has a nice line here um, when everybody wakes up. I'm old enough to know when life is coming at you with his pants down. I think uh, this is when things finally kick into high gear. Um, yes. I would not call this movie a slow burn, but in some ways it feels like it because the energy level spikes yeah. very hard in this film. Yeah. Um, I think this is when uh, Tony Collette's sister is feeling uh, sentimental. Mm-hmm. I mean, her her fat son just got dragged away up a chimney. Uh, She's probably a little upset, but she goes upstairs to the attic um, where, after the fire, that's where they put all the the debris, so all the burnt presents and stuff. And bear in mind, um, said presents include the Santa sack that nobody knew where it came from. Yeah. Uh, So all that stuff was moved up into the attic. Uh, She's messing around with the presents up there, and uh, we get some hints that, like, maybe something's up with these presents. Uh there's some noises coming from them, but she gets called away just yeah. in time so that nothing bad happens. Uh however, the kids go upstairs, the yes. two daughters, the two husky daughters, um they get sent upstairs because uh uh Miss uh Miss Farrell, uh, yeah. auntie, she clogged the toilet downstairs. Oh god. Uh, so yeah. they're forced to go upstairs towards the attic and uh they hear uh adam scott's daughter's voice yeah uh, which prompts them to go up into the attic and then yeah. some really awful noises start coming from the attic and all the adults are freaking out
0: and they're like and dorothy where are the kid is like i sent him upstairs i clogged the toilet down here <laughs> and they get up there and i just have written down attic scene is pretty funny um I, now is David Kechner in the attic or no? He's in the kitchen. He's in the
1: kitchen. Okay, so, so there's two parallel yes quote unquote action scenes happening at the same time.
0: So yeah, so it turns out uh, the parents come upstairs and there was a jack. Uh, there must have been a jack in the box in the bag, and we see we're not really sure what it is. Like we see a, a box, and then the I guess the spring part of the jack in the box is really really long and huge. It almost looks like a it's like one of those play tunnels for kids um, yeah
1: actually that's what it brought to mind
0: and they look down and they're the jack-in-the-box has got a pair of legs just sticking out of its mouth and he is eating one of the girls whole it's pretty um, savage yeah it's it's pretty good um, but now they're freaking out now the toys are coming to life that are in this bag so yeah. what we have is a. It looks like a like the, the angel you put on top or like a doll, some kind of doll it's angel.
1: A, it's some sort of combination because it has wings, like mm-hmm. gnarled, like raggedy wings, but it has like a porcelain doll's face.
0: It looks kind of like Annabelle a little bit, a little bit. Um, and then we have um, I the the teddy bear. I feel like there was a teddy bear from Look Who's Talking Two. I've I seem maybe oh it's the toilet that's what I'm thinking of the toilet talks in there <laughs> yeah that's um right. but no I I think I do remember uh, like an evil teddy bear like uh, I think it is in look who's talking too there's a there's an evil teddy bear that that's what it reminded me of but um the teddy bears attacking um, I think Tony Collette. and then Linda's getting attacked by the thing in the air there's also I think a, is there a robot. Yeah, there's a robot. Yes. Um, okay.
1: So the the tone of of this sequence is a uh, very out of touch with the rest of the movie for the most part. Yeah. Um, it's this, a great scene. I loved it. it. Um, this is a
0: bit more like Gremlins here. It's it yeah. It's
1: explicitly Gremlins like. It's very goofy. hmm Um, like intentionally so, like far more explicitly so than any other instances in the movie. Because the rest of the movie is actually trying to be emotionally affecting and actually kind of eerie and scary. Yeah. This scene is just stupid fun. Yeah. Um, it, it the is way stupid. I the way I noted it was explosion of violence. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, it's like the Revenant, man. <laughs> no, it, it is. It oh, is a man. explosion of energy and violence that just it hits and it just keeps going for like three minutes straight. So, yeah. The the. There, <laughs> I'm trying to take it all in because it was a lot.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, um, there's a lot going on in the attic, but let's talk about the um, the gingerbread scene with David Koechner, which yeah. I think ginger. I called them gingerbread small soldiers. Now, oh, this yeah. is where when I originally watched the movie, I'm like, really CGI gingerbread men, and they kind of have the high pitched voices. And I'm like, okay, now now it's just getting stupid, which is true. However. This is one of the funnier parts of the movie. Is this uh, exchange between David Koechner and the Gingerbreadman? Gingerbreadman, um, gingerbread. them being caught, like he's fighting him off. They're like trying to stab him, and I think they're hitting him with a nail gun. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, uh,
1: most of the time they're shooting at. The, there's three of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the three of them are handling a nail gun, and they're sh- they shoot him in the leg with it, and he falls down into the corner, and uh, they're just tormenting this poor man. <laughs> Uh, he gets, like, a cutting board to defend himself from the nails. And I think he, he does he does the classic action movie uh, trope of blowing up, like, a candle or something on the on the counter that they're on.
0: And, uh, yeah, he, he sets these guys on fire, which I laughed really hard. I thought it was really funny them screaming. Well, I mean, they, they
1: have th- those Mr. Bill faces. It's kind of hard not to laugh. Oh, they're
0: screaming. Oh, no. It's pretty scary. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Yeah. Um Seth Green actually voiced one of these little gingerbread men I could see that
1: I mean he, he does voice acting
0: he does voices <laughs> uh, yeah so the the final flaming gingerbread man is about to kill Keckner and then who does uh, the ant shoot it no Rosie the uh, bulldog oh the bulldog gets
1: it okay yeah. um, before this uh, the gun comes so, later. Sorry. Yeah, uh, David Keckner's family has a, a bulldog, I think. Yes. Uh, it's like an English bulldog or something. It's American. It's American. Bulldog. American bulldog. No. Yeah, you would know. <laughs> no. um, and when he's uh, first going into the kitchen to investigate the weird noises downstairs, um, he at, he says, "Rosie, go get it," or "Rosie, go investigate." And <laughs> Rosie like yeah. takes off running away, and he said he calls him. I think he calls her a useless turd. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> uh, so, like. When he's in the kitchen fighting these gingerbread men he shoots most of them but one of them comes at him with a knife and he Mm. doesn't have enough room or enough ammo to handle it and jumps at him and then we cut to him and it looks like he's gonna die and then nothing happens and he he puts his hands down because he was covering his face and then we just cut to a shot of rosie like licking her chops yeah (laughs) it's like rosie's redeemed (laughs) but yeah in the in the meantime though upstairs uh Adam Scott's getting stabbed by a robot oh, on his I back. Really Tony Collette's getting choked with Christmas lights by this this oh, crazy dang, angel thing. Yeah, uh, her sister is got a teddy bear bite in her forearm. I love uh, when the bear enters the fray. Um, Adam Scott like actually just shouts bear.
0: <laughs> 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 it's
1: like you can't not laugh at that because he just looks at it and he says bear. <laughs> but yeah. um, Tony Collette's sister ends up being the hero here. She yes. kind of, like, fixes everything. She takes care of most of the toys, except for the one that mattered, the uh, the Jack in the Box, because it's been trying to scurry away via uh, air vent. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it looks kind of goofy. Um, it needs to be said, all of these all these uh, killer toys, except for the gingerbread men, all the toys were done practically for the most part. Yes, they were. Uh, they're all puppets. Uh, the Jack in the Box is a man in a suit crawling around yeah um, I think they CGI animated his eyeballs blinking like uh, like possibly. the Ewoks in the in the special editions
0: <laughs> Oh,
1: yeah. yeah did you know that by the way no I did not know that in like the most recent special edition uh, versions of the Star Wars movie they actually CGI the Ewoks so they blinked I was not aware of that uh, it's
0: stupid, <laughs> yeah, <that's> stupid.
1: <laughs> but yeah the Jack in the Box Scurries away uh, when she's coming out with a fire axe. Uh, so stop
0: buying. Stop buying Star Wars trilogy on Blu-ray. Buy one. You don't need the <laughs> supplemental supplemental material. Just buy one and don't buy any more. <laughs> stop buying those. God damn but,
1: it. But no, you need the Disney streaming service so you can have it available
0: uh, 24/7. I actually need the trilogy on Blu-ray because Steph has uh, the trilogy on DVD and it's the one where they put in. Um, uh, the new Sidious into the old movies. Oh no! Yeah, she had oh, no idea because no. that's well, her first time watching the Star Wars when she was a kid. Was those? Wow! Yeah, she's like See, that's, that's that's always yeah, been there. I I'm Actually, like, take oh, offense
1: f-. to that. Like, yeah. You oh you, you when the Empire re- pla- you replaced a performance.
0: My head spun when we were watching Return to uh, we were watching Empire Strikes Back when he talks to when we get our first on screen of the Emperor. Yeah, the hologram. Yeah, and it's the dude from Episode Three. Mm-hmm. And she's like, "That's who it's always been." I'm like, "Are you, I'm like, You're "I thought, thought I was what? going crazy for a 2nd I'm like, "Wait a minute! No, 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 no! This, this is not it." She's like, "Yeah, this is it." I'm like, "I had to show her the original clip." I'm like, "No, no, no! no. It's 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 a completely different thing." She's like, "Oh, I didn't know that." No, so I yeah. think the worst though is uh, young Anakin at the yeah. end of Jedi. Oh, that's, that's the worst. It's the it's the worst.
1: It's I can't believe it. Uh,
0: so yeah. Anyway, so, back to Krampus. Think- oh,
1: uh needs to be said. Uh, the way the teddy bear is dispatched, not killed removed from the equation briefly mm-hmm. um tony collette's sister uh breaks an icicle off and stabs it in the eye and mm. the framing of it and the timing of it was almost identical to die hard die two hard yeah <laughs> exactly i was like oh that's if that's a reference, that's a good one. That's a good one, yeah, if they did that. I don't know if it is explicitly is meant to be a, a reference, but that's what I got
0: from it. I feel like there's a lot of similarities. I mean, we've already mentioned like the similarities between other Christmas movies, so I wouldn't be surprised, because that technically does take place of Christmas. Oh, yeah. If he he would have said, now I have a machine gun, ho, 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 we would have been talking about the first one. but uh, or.
1: I mean, uh, Miss Farrell could have said that when she gets the shotgun. That would have been funny.
0: Or you should have heard your brother squeal. <laughs> fucking neck fucking neck
1: <laughs> i love that scene
0: it <laughs> <laughs> might be my favorite scene of the whole movie it's yeah just and he's him like that mumbling fight.
1: to himself about uh like cooking him cooking yeah. him I'm <laughs> cook cook yeah. Clean, yeah. cleaning him cooking him <laughs> it's like, he's yeah. like talking about going fishing or something
0: well <laughs> and he just like stops to give him a punch in the nose real well quick, i mean yeah. i guess it makes sense like emotionally
1: he's just like Pure adrenaline at that moment. Oh yeah, You're they're just just saying w- it's like Vinnie Jones putting someone's head in a car door. It's like it doesn't matter what he's saying; it's, he's just saying it's stuff. Pure <laughs> anger. Uh, <laughs> so yeah,
0: so they um, they stop. They they go downstairs. They seem to have thwarted the uh, attic toy monsters for a while, and they they come downstairs and they regroup. And uh, well, wouldn't you know it? Um, the uh, they break through the 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 ceiling, if I'm not mistaken. Um so they can hear the uh,
1: jack-in-the-box
0: because it's
1: trapped in the vents yeah. but they boarded up all the all the entry points to the home so the jack-in-the-box is trapped in the house upstairs somewhere um, they send Rosie into the vents to chase it and again Rosie pulls through yeah. <laughs> um, uh, the jack-in-the-box falls through the ceiling after Rosie tracks him down and um, and then, more like just a brief moment of chaos. All the all the toys we saw earlier, uh, except for the robot that Tony Colette shot. Yeah, you know, she got with the it. revolver that Adam Scott had. Uh, so the ro- robot's dead. Um, the bear and the angel both show up in in the living room, though. And uh, wouldn't you know it? Uh, our our husky aunt got a hold of the shotgun, and without even blinking, blows away the teddy bear and the angel. But just as she's pointing the gun again at the one toy that matters, <laughs> the, yeah. the one that has a child in its innards right now, um, we hear some, I think, jingling? And yes. bear in mind, she has her back to the boarded up windows at this point. And she's got the shotgun, and it's pointed at the, t- at the jack-in-the-box, and Omi says uh, in German, elves.
0: Elves, yes.
1: And then the window explodes and, like uh, we get something straight out of Jim Henson's nightmares.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say this is a uh, like the Christmas Vacation where the cops are just storming the house. They just well, jump what, through what, the front window. What it window. brought to
1: mind actually um, was an American Werewolf in London. Hmm. Uh, I mean it. It's not. It's not similar to it. But um, if you've seen that movie,
0: yeah.
1: Uh, there's that dream scene where the uh, the uh, Nazi werewolves like. Burst oh, into the home yes. and just like I slaughtered everyone and slid his throat. Just the timing of it reminded me of that, because it goes from like this relative moment of like, Yeah, we're we we got this by the ass kind of moment to like, oh my
0: god, everything's going wrong. <laughs> uh yeah, these elves are kind of creepy. This is a really chaotic scene. This is kinda like mother. Um, it reminded me
1: of uh, Brazil. You know what I'm talking about? The the baby mask, like,
0: like It's been so long since I've seen Brazil.
1: It's like people. It's like a shambling horde of like cloaked people wearing like these depressed baby masks. Mm-hmm. And uh, it reminded me of that, or just any any like Jim Henson movie that has like a horde of something or others coming after young people.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. This is this is kind of a creepy scene. Um, I it, it's very chaotic. Like they're like fuck. Now it's just there's no lights. It's cold in here now, and we've got these fucking shit heels running around. Um, <laughs> they take the baby they steal the baby just straight out of um... They
1: take the ant they take the baby Mm -hmm. uh, they
0: the jack there's this
1: weird moment that again felt very jim henson-esque um the -the jack-in-the-box actually like lovingly hugs one of the elves like it looks like a heartfelt embrace yeah it's like hey buddy i missed you (laughs) but yeah they like half of the cast here gets just abducted and taken right out the window
0: so now we're formulating a master plan um, <laughs>
1: master plan this um, is complete and total desperation
0: there's no yeah, plan here thinking of a master plan yeah the uh, the
1: one plan that that this family unit had that we forgot to mention oh yeah that, uh, the keys were in the ignition as kyle had said um there was a snow plow uh that keckner and adam scott had found abandoned in the middle of the street yes uh, so the one plan that they've had in the back of their mind the whole time is that we're going to camp out in the home, keep the fire hot for as long as we can. Uh, we did that for about 20 minutes. Good job, team. Yeah. Um, the the one alternative plan they had, though, was to run out to the snowplow because it's too cold to survive yeah. um, out, out exposed to the elements. So they wanted to take the snowplow and drive it to town. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're in the suburbs. Uh, now that there's a gaping hole in the fucking house uh that's their only plan because yeah. you know fire in fact uh during this whole sequence um after all the elves have hightailed it out of there and taken half of the family with them uh, we keep cutting to omi still trying to light matches and yeah she's trying to light omi. matches in there so she's very determined to light this fire even though the wind is howling into the house into the house now it's not possible yeah. fire does not
0: fire not good anymore <laughs> no um, yeah, so the plan is is that um, they're gonna get to they're gonna get the Hummer, um, put the no family Hummer's on. gone. Hummer oh, got filled up. Oh, the plan was they were gonna he was gonna do the plow and they were gonna follow in the Hummer. Um, yeah, Hummer Hummer's gone though. Um, right. When uh, Keckner and Scott went
1: out looking for the daughter, um, mm-hmm. I think when we cut away from them is when they. He's got like Keckner on his shoulder because it's like oh yeah because they're like oh fuck uh, the Hummer's going. to get yeah, an aerial gonna... shot of his Hummer just like flattened and yeah, burning. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. So Krampus that. doesn't
0: like cars apparently. So yeah, they're going to expedite this plan, and uh, the the grandma stays behind. Like they're all they all leave, and then she ends up shutting the door and like locking it shut, kind of like uh, the hateful eight. Like lock it. Kick it open, shut it, nail it shut, nail it shut. <laughs> Reminds re- me
1: of uh, Dante's Peak, <laughs> mm. <laughs> Grandma and her noble sacrifice. Oh my gosh! For yeah. no real
0: reason, equally uh, fruitless. That was funny. I laughed pretty hard at that. that <laughs> Grandma, the oh <laughs> the gosh, lake it's...
1: is made of boiling <laughs> acid. Boiling <laughs> 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 acid.
0: Um, so the family leaves. They're, they're on foot. And um, Grandma has behind. And wouldn't you know it, here comes. We finally get our Krampus. So the whole the grand re- reveal of Grus von Krampus. Um, I was actually... the. It reminded me of Scrooged when uh, Bill Murray's in the elevator with the big guy. He's like, hey man, not too close. And then he opens up his... Opens up his cloak and it's the the souls behind the ribs. <laughs> also reminded me uh, of the the TV
1: head. Spectre. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Um, um,
1: Dan, I was very impressed with the design of Krampus.
0: I really, I think that's part of why I wanted you to watch it. I'm like, there's some fun stuff happening in the movie, but I really like the creature design. I think it's really, it's really good. Um, oh, it's
1: it's a, an impressive practical creation. Cause yeah. It, it does legitimately look like they created. I don't know if it's like a rod pu- a rod puppet like suspended on a man in a suit. Yeah. It's it's too large to just be a man in a suit. Yeah. Um, looks like it had some help, but it's it's got to be like eight feet tall, nine feet tall. Um, it's, I was actually. It's got a massive flowing cloak covered in chains and like
0: bells. I uh, I was. Oh, I'm sorry, I was talking with my mom uh, over Thanksgiving and I mentioned that I would watched the Krampus and it brought to mind that she had um I, I find that the like the Chris Kringle and kind of the older European illustrations of Santa Claus I find a little bit more charming than ours the the fat guy. and this seemed this felt like one of those like the creature is based off more of that design, um, but it had been smoking meth for about fifty years. Uh, basically <laughs> is what it looked like.
1: Uh, no joke, yeah um it the premise i think like in designing this creature at least this iteration of it was like a a dark mirror version of santa claus yes and yeah it has these these extraordinarily long fingers like think a lot like half of guillermo del toro's creations yeah long long gnarly fingers yeah like the the hand-eye guy in pan's labyrinth um anything doug jones has played with <laughs> any, any doug jones
0: portrayal <laughs> um, yes
1: but it has this big cloak and these these massive like horns. Mountain goat horns but under the cloak and this is the first time we finally get to see this detail uh it has a face that looks like a bearded man but with like sideways frog eyes yeah I, that's what—that's the only way I can describe it, if you know what a frog's eyes look like, the way that the pupils and that's, the irises are shaped, it looks that's like a that, sideways, and a permanently open gaping mouth with a long tongue, but it has like a white beard. Um, what I got from this, and I was actually almost like expecting a reveal at the very end of the movie or something, it almost looks like a monster wearing Santa's face it like could it, took, it took someone else's face and like plastered it onto its own because like something about the way its mouth doesn't move it looks the, like it's pretending to be Santa
0: yeah the the description of like hooves and like the, the 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 mouth with the kind of the tongue sticking out that I mean I've I've seen illustrations and that's pretty demonic um pretty demonic description and yeah that's a good that's a good way to put it there's like well, even the Sam- way its eyes are
1: very deep set like yeah. it, it looked like there's something even Even worse underneath that, and it is a pretty horrifying image.
0: It is pretty creepy. Um, So yeah, the the Krampus he comes and he he uh, does does he give her the bell or does he take back the bell or she like hands it to him? She
1: presents him with the bell that she's had her whole life apparently. Um, And Krampus has no reaction to this. Um, He like strokes her across the face with one of her fingers with one of his fingers, and then uh, he pulls out a bag of Something or other, and he opens it in front of her, and we get a—it's kind of a disappointing shot, actually. It's just a perspective shot of looking into the bag, and she looks horrified, and then it looks like a whole mess of evil toys jump at her. Yeah, we I was expecting a, more.
0: I guess we could have gotten a good neck snap here. Like this would have been a perfect like. Well, what I was expecting
1: was him to ignore her. Be I, like, I already had my turn with you. Like this, like watching all of your extended family now get get punished this is your punishment
0: again kind of like in jeepers creepers where the the lady like she tries to like save them and like she starts praying and the creepers dude like comes up and sniffs her and just goes off is that, what, let me that that's
1: what i was expecting was he would just leave her to die in the snow
0: See, I did not because it was very ominous that she was staying behind. I'm like, okay, so she is gonna sacrifice herself because it. I mean, she's either gonna freeze to. I guess she could freeze to death in the house, but I oh, took it as. Oh, she easily would have. <laughs> yeah, I took it as the Krampus is gonna come get her for whatever reason, uh, or she was gonna sacrifice herself to save the rest of them. Um, but he just unceremoniously just takes her. Like, oh yeah, uh, got yeah, you now.
1: he just opens his bag of goodies, and then we get a a decent cgi shot of some evil toys jumping in her face
0: so now and, uh, yeah. yes no tremors is happening <laughs> <laughs> yeah we get
1: we get a uh, tremors for everyone everybody gets tremored now yeah. um yeah pretty much as soon as that uh that window gets blown open and the elf show up uh, it's kind of a roller coaster mm-hmm. like it, yeah, there's it's no pauses it there. just kind of yeah. goes and it goes very rapidly um yeah, one 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 by one, all the adults uh, get tremored. Yeah. Um, Adam Scott gets a, a nice moment where he says, "I love you" to his wife and his son. Uh, he sticks. Be, he stays behind, trying to sacrifice himself. Uh, he has the shotgun. Uh, he gets tremored anyway.
0: Uh, I was actually shocked Collette that Tony Collette got it. Yeah, I was I was shocked that Tony Collette actually got tremored in this.
1: Well, the music in this this sequence when they're running out to the snowplow is mm-hmm. very effective. It has like. That kind of doldrums like purgatory feel to it. it. Again, the the swamp of sadness or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's a Never ending story. I know what you're talking. It about, has yeah. that, f- or um. Maybe maybe a better example is um the, the the bug hole in the Peter Jack Peter Jackson uh King Kong.
0: I I I saw the one time and I remember almost nothing of it.
1: Okay, that sequence uh, is pretty well done um but the thing that always sticks with me is like the score and the editing mm-hmm. in that scene is haunting because it really feels like everybody's in hell where it's, okay. it's like they're in a very unforgiving environment where just not a single not a single person in this situation has a chance of making it out it really does feel like this could be the end of a movie mm-hmm. um and that's kind of what this felt like is uh, Omi sends everyone on their way. She tries. She tries in vain to sacrifice herself. Adam Scott does the same thing. Mm-hmm. Tony Collette gets unceremoniously Shoo. tremored. Um, again, last words: "I love you." Um, um, there's a lot of repetition of that. And then I think it's just uh, one of the fat, the husky daughters and uh, yeah, Max.
0: Yeah, everybody else. The one husky daughter was eaten. The baby's gone. Keckner's gone. So yeah, it's just Max and the girl. And they're in, They get to the DHL van. No, they get, the snow the snow plow? Plow. they get to the snowplow. They um, get to the snowplow. I think they try to try to get out on it, but it doesn't work. And then the elves come in. They basically um, get them. They take the girl away. Like, they just drag her away. I think she gets... Does she get just taken by them, or cr- does she get trimmered? I think she gets uh, taken away by the elves. She
1: gets taken away by the elves, and is, Max manages to defend himself with, like, a crowbar or something, and he's all alone.
0: Yeah, so now he's he's all by himself and he's just kind of wandering. And does he see a light in the distance?
1: Uh, yeah. He he has like flashbacks to, uh, Omi talking about what happened with Krampus before, mm-hmm. and uh, this builds us up to the climax of the movie, uh, the very cruel climax of the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, um, and yeah, he just he I think he does see like a light in the distance, and he rolls up on Krampus has a sleigh. Mm-hmm. And I happen to write, uh, Krampus's reindeer are very metal.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even notice the, the reindeer at this point. Uh,
1: yeah. Krampus has some like skeletal reindeer that are like pretty fucking metal. <laughs> and they're all, again, uh, pretty sure they're either actual horses with a uh, prosthetics affixed to them or men in suits. Uh, it's all, it's all practical effects. His, uh, his uh, sleigh is also built. It's an actual set. It's all very cool to look at. And him and the elves are throwing a party while they're loading up the sleigh. Uh, I'm guessing with people in it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, the kid rolls up on Krampus and uh, tries to call him out. And yeah. I, hey, I guess, dickweed. the Dormammu have come to bargain. <laughs> yeah.
0: And uh, they're about to throw, they're, I think they're about to throw the one. Uh, cousin into the into a vague fire or yeah a pit? the
1: kid calls out Krampus and Krampus opens a gate to hell yeah. <laughs> a, a molten pit of to hell and uh yeah the elves have have the cousin like perched at the precipice of it and Krampus actually marches out to go meet Max and Max tries to tell him I will sacrifice myself just give me my fa- like s- spare my family yeah I'm, I take me. And Krampus, uh, like there's a there's a moment where we we get a close up of Krampus's is his amphibian his amphibious eye, mm-hmm. and he's like kind of sizing up Max, and he he like strokes Max on the eye, because there's a tear like a single tear streaming down, and like the score is kind of like playing with us here. Mm-hmm. It's like oh my God, is, like Krampus like, is this gonna be like the traditional Christmas ending where like oh it was all a dream or something yeah. or like all is forgiven because you you learn the errors of your ways um, and then like the, the Krampus suit starts like kind of shaking a bit and like the subtitles actually just said laughing in parentheses <laughs> when I was watching this and we cut to the elves and they all start like giggling and pushing each other around and even the reindeer like they bonk heads again very metal <laughs> Like they, they headbutt each other like they're moshing <laughs> and then like and then, yeah, the elves throw the, the cousin into the molten pit. <laughs> and then Krampus picks up Max and throws him into the pit. Yeah.
0: And then, yeah. Christmas! And then, yeah. And then Max wakes up.
1: Yes. And then Max and wakes
0: up. So now we, we're like, okay, so Max was like, take me. But that was like the sacrifice. like He just needed to say, take me. And Krampus was going to be like, okay, this kid's legit. Let's save all the rest of the family and we he comes downstairs and like it's all everybody's happy there's no damage to the house it's like nothing had happened um the grandmother's there um all the family and they're um about to open christmas presents yeah um
1: actually the transition from him falling into the molten pit and waking up is the advent calendar
0: opening to uh the 25th so it's officially christmas so yeah, they're they're op- about to open up presents and he just can't believe it and he's like he got he says something like I can't believe you guys are alive and she's they're like okay Keck, he's like barely <laughs> <You know>, It <life laughs> was a rough night but yeah barely oh, yeah. The, the he's the like hungover i am guessing. no the ants is like that's one of the worst hangovers i've ever had and she's <laughs> yeah. pouring whiskey into eggnog uh and he's just kind of like drinking it in and just he's just smiling and he He's just so happy, and he hugs Tony Collette, and she's like, "Oh, thanks, sweetie." And um, they hand him a present. He he gets a he gets a present, and um, he opens it up, and wouldn't you know it, it's the little Krampus bell from before that his grandmother had, had. and where I guess we're to assume that the Krampus just gave this to him, like he maybe this was like, "Okay, you saved your family." Um, you were the sacrifice or whatever, but he jingles it and everybody in the house kind of looks over at it and they all look like they're like, oh, like kind of remembering what happened almost, or mm-hmm. like maybe not even that they remember what happened, but they have this odd feeling, mm-hmm. yeah, everybody at once. Um, and then, yeah, do you want to tell tell us how it ends?
1: Uh, so turns out they got St. Elsewhere'. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, it's a very... Uh, It's a very Twilight Zone-esque ending, Mm -hmm. Um, and I liked it. Uh, Yeah. So the thing to note uh, from the moment Max wakes up in bed and comes downstairs, from that moment, um, there's, like, soft filter on everything. Yeah, there is. It it is explicitly dreamlike, um, and, you know, the behavior of everyone is a little out of character. Everyone's getting along too well, so you can tell something's up. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, that moment when, uh, when he pulls out the bell and everybody nobody has any strong reactions but everybody just kind of the room just goes silent yeah and everybody just kind of looks towards the bell and i think i think you're right like it it kind of gives you the sense that like maybe they got fragments of memories of what happened Mm -hmm. um yeah everything goes silent and then we we the camera pulls back from max and his family on the couch it keeps pulling back it keeps pulling back all the way to the outside of the house which is snowing outside, but it's nice snow. Not storm-of-the-century blizzard, but um, pleasant snow. And then we keep pulling back even further, and it turns out the house is in a snow globe. Yep. On a shelf with many, many, many other snow globes. And uh, it looks like we're in Krampus' workshop. Yeah. Or the equivalent of Krampus's workshop, I guess. Uh, so I'm guessing uh, Max's punishment is maybe to... to live Christmas day forevermore with his family. Because, I mean, what prompted Krampus to come visit him was, I wish Christmas was as it used to be. Mm -hmm. As in, happy Christmas with the family. So it's like, well, you asked for it. I guess you're stuck with it forever.
0: Yeah, (laughs) and it's like hell. I mean, unless it's, I mean, it could be heaven if... So one of my wishes, uh, if I ever met a genie... One would be to be able to watch any movie for the first time, like oh. anytime I wanted to. So if I wanted to watch Dumb and Dumber for the first time when I was, if and watched it like I was six years old and I could die laughing at it, like I could just do that. So maybe this could be kind of nice if like every morning was like Christmas morning, but you forgot that it was Christmas yesterday. So like each day you wake up, reset, it's Christmas. Oh, you reset. But I don't think that's what it is. I think that it's hell, and that every day <laughs> he's waking up. It doesn't look like a happy place in Krampus's um, house, a basement. Um, hopefully, that's not upstairs. Jeez. <laughs> you think this is bad? The basement is really depressing. <laughs> um, but yeah, it is a cool. I think it's, it is a cool ending. Uh, like you said, it's a very Twilight Zone ending, and that yeah. uh, nobody wins. Uh, it's yeah. a good horror movie ending in there. Very
1: good, very good horror ending. Uh,
0: but yeah, um, I don't. I don't have too much else to say about Krampus. Um, I don't know if I'll watch this. I might watch this every other year for Christmas. I watched it this year, of course. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoy the practical effects. I, I like the creature design of the Krampus. Um, good funny moments, gingerbread burning. That's good stuff. But yeah, oh no, well, I I give it like a a six. Point one, maybe a five point eight out of ten.
1: <laughs> uh, I think I'd push it more towards like a, a six ish. Um. I think what makes it special in a lot of ways is like. the the quality of the writing and the acting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has much more attention to detail than I think would be warranted in most cases. Mm-hmm. But it's it's very much welcome. I think it it adds a lot to it. Um, and I think. I could see this becoming, like, like, a go-to Christmas movie for some people because it does have Christmas themes in it. Mm-hmm. Like, even, like, the classic Christmas soundtrack, like, most of the songs you hear around the holidays are in the movie. Um, so it has that feel to it. But, like, the themes of, like, family and, and dealing with the in-laws and stuff like that, it's all very strong. Mm-hmm. Like, again, that, that scene, like, when everybody's being tremored, At the end, uh, it is genuinely affecting because we've come to know these characters just enough that you know it it sucks to see them go, and you legitimately believe them when they say they love each other when they're when they're pulled under. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a very cruel movie, though. Yes. Uh, So I think it's it's for a very specific audience. You have to be very uh, you have to have a dark sense of humor and be able to stomach that kind of that kind of cruelty in order to enjoy it.
0: German folklore is notorious for not being uh, sugar coated. uh, (laughs) If you know anything about, like, yeah, Um, I was gonna mention that I, uh, I, I found a a Halloween book that I'd read in elementary school, and I remember it being very eerie. I, I I had trouble remembering what the stories were, and uh, I ended up finding it somehow. I, I, I was able to find out what the name of the book was, and I ordered it, and I showed my girlfriend the illustrations and like. It's a creepy book. Like this is to teach kids how to read, and uh, one is about a girl who has a ribbon tied around her neck her whole life, and then when she when she dies, uh, her husband takes off the the, the ribbon and the, her head f- falls yeah, off. Yeah, I like,
1: actually I I was told that story when I was a kid. I don't remember where from, but I I do know that one.
0: It's uh, in a dark dark room. That there's a few uh, like German folklore stories in there. The okay. illustrator. For the book, which the illustrations is what I wanted. I thought that the illustrations were really cool. Hmm. Uh, German, so it's a, it was actually a, a German something Zimmer. Um, but uh, I was like, man, no wonder that book was so creepy. It's because these are all based off of like German folklore, and they don't they don't sugarcoat stuff. And just like the ending <laughs> of this, it's it's very much in line with how a Krampus story would end. Is yeah, no, no, he got everybody. They were all shitty. No,
1: I, I think having the daughter die at the point in the story that they did it was, it was meant to signal you that this is not going to be a fun story like it will have fun parts to it but it's not <laughs> going to end well for these people
0: Keckner's here it's going to be fun but it's not <laughs> going to end well
1: well and it's kind of surprising too to see a uh, to see a horror movie like this with so many creatures and stuff um, mm-hmm. and have our cast virtually powerless against them yes throughout, very much. throughout the vast majority of the film other than other than like two or three of the toys and the gingerbread men, um, we don't even get an attempt to, to fight Krampus. No. And you get the sense that even if an attempt was made, it wouldn't have made a difference. He's like a force of nature.
0: Yeah, he's he's not to be fucked with. There's nothing you can do against him. Yeah.
1: No, I mean, this, this is a creature that has control of the elements. <laughs> like, yeah. This is a creature who can change the weather at will to the point that it kills people when they go outside. It's like... I'm pretty sure if you took some buckshot to him, it wouldn't do. Yeah, it's not to do anything. anything.
0: And the snowmen, I, I think that the snowmen out in the yard were really creepy as well.
1: Oh yeah, no the uh, the from a production design standpoint, I was very happy with a lot of elements in this movie, like especially like the costuming, like the creature designs and stuff, like all those elves. Those those were genuinely creepy looking things, and they're very detailed. And even uh, even the opening at the at the store at the yeah. m- at the mall. Like, a lot of the set dressings and things like that had a lot of detail put into them, a lot of thought and consideration when into do it. it had, the movie has a look to it that is appealing in a lot of ways.
0: Well, this is actually on the IMDb's top 100 uh, highest rated uh, Christmas movies. I was looking for a Christmas movie to watch, and I'm like, oh, Krampus is on here. No shit. So. Well,
1: I was telling you off-air that I feel like our generation in particular, like, there's a there's a an allure like a, a magnetism when it comes to these like uh non-traditional christmas movies because mm-hmm. like counterculture and hipsterism and all that stuff is so in vogue these days that it's like it's hard to find someone in our age range who doesn't name like Die Hard as their favorite christmas movie mm-hmm. which is not a christmas movie even though it has christmas elements and it. it takes place at christmas
0: i think kiss kiss bang bang is along those same lines, but more rewatchable. Because well, Shane I've seen-
1: Black loves Christmas. Like Shane Black finds a way to work Christmas into most of his movies. But like on that same note, like Gremlins. Mm-hmm. Like, I could totally see a lot of people in our age range saying that's their favorite Christmas movie. You don't see too many people naming like Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, or you know, It's a Wonderful Life, or, or Christmas Carol and stuff like that. Or, I mean, put it this way: there's a Christmas Carol, and then there's. A Muppet Christmas Carol. I'm I pretty love sure a Christmas Carol. I just pretty, watched I'm it for the first sure, time. I'm pretty sure most people in our age range would favor A, mump, a Muppet Christmas Carol. I just watched it for and the first why time say last I, year. I, I I could totally see Krampus getting put into that category where it's like among late 20s early 30s folks, it's like, "Oh, that's my favorite Christmas movie."
0: Mine is a a, a hard tie between uh, Home Alone and Scrooge. Scrooge
1: is a great one. Yeah, um, I think that might be my uh, favorite. Scrooge, I think, gets underrated in some ways. Oh, very much. Uh, it's a solid one, though, and and Home Alone also. Like, yeah. I think Home Alone's good, but again, not non-traditional Christmas movies. Uh,
0: and oh, I hate It's I'll, a Wonderful Life. I can't, I can't do it. It's awful. And, no, it's um, a good movie, but I can't, I can't watch it. It's just, it's. <laughs> I mentioned so to stupid. you off
1: air also that uh, I feel like Krampus was having a moment around the time this came out. Yeah. I can't confirm, but like. Me, personally, I only ever heard of Krampus, like, in the 2010s, and I swear, like, there was, like, a South Park episode or something about him around that time, and then there was just this massive tidal wave of Krampus shit everywhere, like, Krampus merch, Krampus movies.
0: It might have been Imagination Land. I don't know if you saw that episode of South... Park. was, I, I, think know, was three, I know of it. I haven't seen it. They had all, like, movie villains, and I think Krampus might have been a part of that, if I'm not mistaken movie you and book villains, right. but yeah
1: but yeah like i feel like that like krampus was riding a wave <laughs> like this was what 2015 yeah 2015 yeah i feel like this was like the peak of the krampus wave or something because <laughs> yeah. like i said i was looking for a poster art for this movie to use for the website and uh Oh, my God, there are a lot of Krampus movies that all came out within, like, a year or two of each other. Mm-hmm. Like, asylum film kind of stuff, but or sci-fi channel stuff, too. And then there was a, a movie that... I think it's actually a Santa movie. But uh, my friend tried to get me to go see it at the theater with him. I, I said no, unfortunately. I think it's called Foreign Exports. I don't know um, that one. It's a Scandinavian of some sort, like Finnish Ooh, or something. really? But it's about, like, an evil Santa Claus that gets... An evil Santa Claus that kills people that gets like unearthed in the in the somewhere in Scandinavia or something, and he goes on a killing
0: spree. I think I'm gonna watch a Christmas horror story because if you if you watch this on Amazon, a Christmas horror story is another one of those movies that pops up down there. Uh, mm-hmm. It looks like Jack Frost is fighting uh, Santa Claus. I don't know. It looks like a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, it don't you don't, don't
1: want to watch uh, Bill Goldberg in a uh, Santa sleigh? I I almost <laughs> I almost. I almost Watch that, but that, that, I, that's I just, just beautiful casting—a a Jewish professional wrestler as an evil Santa Claus murdering people. Yeah. Uh,
0: all right. Well, I think that's about it for Krampus. Yeah. Uh.
1: I don't have much else to say. So no. uh, yeah, thanks for joining us as uh, we caught up on Krampus. Uh, Krampus. gru's von Krampus. 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 <laughs>